Hello again. Welcome back to Around the Archives in Conversation. We've bought a splitter, haven't we, Lisa? We have. Hello. So Lisa is here too. I am. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Like, like I haven't seen you. Yes. And here's Martin. Hello. And here's Paul. Hello. So, so we're having a foursome on the sofa, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> is that a virtual foursome? We, we, we've got <laughs> Dealey here as well, so oh. he's a, technically it's yeah, a five. Oh dear Lord! <laughs> well, today I thought I, I think we'd like to talk about ephemera. Ephemera, that's a good word, isn't it? Because Martin, uh, the other day I saw you post a load of pictures of your target books, or at, or, or your list of your target. Oh books. well, yes, so I've done that before, how, of course. But ha- yeah. how did you collect target books? Ah, well, process. you see, I'm very, very, very old indeed. So um, uh, I've actually just been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've been excavating in our very, very packed attic. Uh, <laughs> and there was a load of stuff that was in front of this bookshelf, which I uh, which I've, I put the bookshelf together about a year ago and I put all my uh, target books on it and then promptly piled a load of stuff in front of it so I couldn't see it again. Um, but... The uh, so I, I, I've taken it out and I can see it. It's sat next to me even as we speak. So I'm gazing upon it lovingly because these are the books that have been uh, next to me for for many a year. Um, strangely enough, they they used to be on the very very top shelf. We used to have the we had bookshelves in the living room that were double stacked with books because you have so many books in this tiny house. And for a long time they were the the back row at the very top there. And then we had a leak, so I put them all. I wrapped them all in plastic in a very Twin Peaksy way, <laughs> and uh, and so they were up there for years. Then we redecorated, took all these shelves out and everything like that. So they all got put in a box for about five years. But now they are in uh, in their glorious glory, uh, sitting uh, on on these shelves in the order in which I bought them, which I know annoys <laughs> <laughs> some people. <laughs> but how do you know what order you bought them in? Ah, well. I, there's got to be a, a method, hasn't there? There is method in my madness, yeah. I mean, I was a very... I was, well, maybe I wasn't a strange child. I like to think I wasn't a strange child. I think I was a very sensible child. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people may disagree with me. But uh, strangely enough, uh, when I bought... I got, I, I think, the first three, uh, and uh, now, uh, which were the Daleks, the Auton Invasion, and the Crusaders. They were bought for me. I don't remember... I don't remember buying them, I just remember having them. So I think this was the kind of... And I would have been, what, nine in 1973 when they came out, the first three came out. Um, So about ten years old uh, when they started doing the the releases. And people kept buying me them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember very much the the genesis of the Daleks. The copy I have of that was bought for me on a birthday. I know it was a birthday because... Uh, in my little record of the dates I bought them, <laughs> there's my birthday in all its glory. 
which I don't tell many people. <laughs> but nevertheless, it is there. So, um, and that would have been about book 20. But I got to about book 12, and I started writing down the day I got it, which is, I don't know, that seemed sensible to me. Um, the first list, uh, in fact, funnily enough, when I was digging around uh, a few months ago, I actually found the first versions of these lists and, and the second versions of these lists before I finally put this book together and rewrote it. I was, oh, I was terribly anal, terribly anal. But I pretty much bought them from the day they were... Uh, I think my mum worked in Smith's in the, book, in the children's book department when I was about ten. So it may well have been all her fault. This whole thing may be all her fault. And um, but uh, uh, once I got to about a dozen of them, I started writing down when I got them, and I, I was basically buying them as they came out until when was it? Uh, was it Battlefield was the last one, wasn't it? Which would have been about 1989, 1990. Yeah, the, the, the tail end of the range. I'm a bit fuzzy on the dates, but mm. yeah, it's it's early nineties, oh. I think, possibly. Tell you yeah. what, I have the booklet here. Yeah. I can tell you oh. what Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, let's test your system. Then. Well, I, I say I, I can tell you. Uh, Battlefield was bought on the eighteenth of July, nineteen ninety-one. There we go. Ah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, and that was I think the last of the Canine uh, companies there as well, next to it. So maybe maybe that came out slightly later. But but yeah, so I, I would have been so eighteen years of buying what hundred and fifty books, uh, and of course uh, people have only just managed to complete the range sort of by the Douglas Adams and um, the uh, the two Dalek releases which I think are going to get sort of target style releases aren't they this year the, the, the two new Dalek ones oh possibly. they are yes yeah. yes we've yeah. got the the hardback ones I won't be buying them again <laughs> not great in style or, or just just you're not that kind of completist um they leave a little to be desired in terms of some of the storylines and some of the names. Oh, I've not actually read them. Chosen, but I've so. got the hardbacks. Like you say, I've not actually got round to reading them yet. Um, yeah. they're, they're sort of in the in the great big stack of books and and uh, some, somewhere down the list. So I've not actually read them. I had the hardbacks, uh, but since they they came out, I think even I think the audio version of one of them is on the shelf somewhere. So I've, but I've, I've get I've, I've I've suddenly lost the time I used to listen to audio. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> but what about you, Paul? I've never really asked you about Target books. Were you an avid collector, or well, it's, or I'll, I'll give you. A, a, were they off your radar? Well, I'll give you. A, 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 a try and tell you this as quickly as possible because there's lots of. I can think. Of, I was thinking about this when I knew we were going to be talking about this. I think my first, um, my first memories of them are borrowing copies from the mobile library that came through our village, and. I don't even know if I was old enough to read them or maybe, you know, because I know I was a Doctor Who fan from about the age of six, so, you know, I, I, I remember having lots of them on the floor in the living room and my mum <laughs> saying, some of them have to go back this time and I, I don't know that I'd read any of them. I was just looking at the covers and knew they were important artefacts. Um, uh, um, and then later I did buy them and I remember particularly when the Five Doctors novelisation came out before the Five Doctors. Uh, I don't remember how much I read or whether I did read it all before it came out. But I, I did have a pretty much a complete set. But um, about a year ago, I sort of decided they were sitting in my parents' house. And I'd also been buying one or two for my iPhone digitally. And I was aware that Nick uh, had 
at one point had a quite, quite a complete collection, but somewhere on the way he'd let a lot of them go and then regretted it. So as he'd been doing so much for me digitising my footage, and because I didn't really read or look, ever look at my collection, I just kind of said, take your pick of what you need to fill your gap, because I, they're, they're so expensive a lot of time. Or, or some, of them, some of them are very easy to come by, or have even been re-released, and some of them are, are harder to get hold of. So I still want to keep what I've got left, but I don't really mind. I, I'm glad that they've gone to a good home and, and, and completed Nick's collection. Um, but, uh, yeah. So you're not that kind of completist? I was at, well, I was at one point, but, yeah. but I, never, I never look at those ones. I, and I kind of, in fact, no. I quite like the ones, I've, the digital ones. I read The Invasion of the Dinosaurs yeah. um, the other day, um, on my phone, and that was that I really enjoyed doing it that way. So, um, because for me, I think it's the art, the artwork. You know, I mean, there's so much nostalgia sort of wrapped up in the artwork. I mean, I was only saying the other day that the the, the pit, we only people my age because we didn't have video, we didn't have access to video. Uh, our impression of the certainly the first and second uh, actors, uh, Patrick Troughton and, and William Hartnell, was from the books. That was how we knew them. And uh, in many ways, if you actually look at the images on the cover of the Hartnell books, they don't really resemble him in, in, in that way. He's a very stern figure or a very... Um, uh, it's just not the, the sort of bone structure, if you like. It doesn't look like the, the chap we've come to know since on video, if you see what I mean. I, you know, I'm pretty sure when I first read them, I still hadn't seen... Because sort of, before the Five Faces of, of Doctor Who, I'm sure I was reading them before then, so... I wouldn't have seen the first three doctors. Or, um, well, you, see, you, you see, my my, uh, my my memory of the five doctors and that sort of era is that I was a student at that age. I was probably far too grown up to be back. I would sneak into town, and there was a bookshop that happened to always stock them on the on the day they came out. <laughs> so I remember surreptitiously reading the five doctors <laughs> in my rooms at college. <laughs> but, but the um, but the five faces repeat series that must have been the first time that they'd repeated um, Hartnell or Troughton. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, a long time. Well, I'm in poetry. Uh, well, apart from three doctors, which we kind of, so we kind of saw him in action in that, you know, but uh, or in, in inaction, mm -hmm. I suppose. But uh, but uh, yeah, again, I mean, it, it always amazes me because uh, I now I now realise that the the new series, if if you were running in consecutive timelines, they'd be up to something like the key to time season, mm -hmm. if you see what I mean, mm -hmm. and and therefore Eccleston to some children today is as mysterious and far away and long ago <laughs> as Hartnell was to us. Although our generation, we never even imagined we'd ever see him, you know. Yeah. But what about you, Lisa? What's your relationship with Target books? I, I, I didn't actually start buying them until um, 1989, 1990, after Doctor Who finished. Might have been slightly before then. But uh, when I was a child, my mum used to read them to me a chapter every night so we used wow. to get them out of the library and she'd read me a chapter or two every night and then I had a shelf above my bed and she'd put it on the shelf and go downstairs and I'd wait till I hear I heard that she was downstairs and I'd take a peek at what happened next <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'd read ahead but what books stick in your head from that um, the one that sticks in my head most is Horror of Fang Rock because of the cover yeah because of the cover with the with Tom with a rope around his 
neck and and that hat that she doesn't actually even wear in the story. Well, he puts it on for about three seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that that's my memory of it, and also yeah. my other memory of it, and I don't know if I ever actually read it at the time, is the Hand of Fear cover, wondering why Nera's Hughes was on it. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't look like Sarah to me it looked like Nero's Hughes Ooh. everyone's but a critic I, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember though having the Doctor Who monster book and Martin yes. you probably had it as well and the back cover oh, with all the oh, load of, gorgeous, of covers <laughs> yeah. and I, I remember just staring at that for what seemed like hours on end because yeah. there was a poster inside of the front cover art and I always yes. wished there was a poster of the back cover art yeah. as well so I didn't have, have all the books at that point. Yeah. I didn't no. have Doomsday Weapon. It took me years to track down Doomsday Weapon, for example. But I mean, were you? I mean, is that an age thing? Because what was? I think maybe the fact that they were on the back of the monster book might have had something to do with why I wanted to collect them and write down when I got them. If you see what I mean. But the uh, you see, I I never ever thought of any of them as rare because I just bought them when they came out. If you see what I mean. So it's it's kind it's kind of odd to me that, that because there are people who came to it later who who had to track down these things and try and find them and you know and, and that must have been astonishing. If, if you're a completist, that must have been an astonishingly difficult process. Well, what annoyed me, I did get the Doomsday Weapon, but it was the second cover. Uh, That's the thing. I wanted the first cover that was on the monster book. Oh, the big claws! Yes. Yeah, with the with with the terrible claws. Yes. <laughs> It's a lovely painting, that actually. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but um, it's it's also weird that you associate colours with those stories now, like the abominable snowman as a story. I always think of as light blue because that was the, the spine, spi- the spine cover. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, almost is that you know because it was the same co- colour as salt and vinegar crisps were in those <laughs> days, weren't they? And they were light light blue. So it's just weird the association that a colour can make. With I always, with the, with I always story. loved the the Cyberman, uh, Cybermen cover just because of that black spine and back. I just thought the black one really mm. used to stick out. It's interesting, Lisa, that you were saying about Horror of Fang Rock because because my my memory of Horror of Fang Rock is just because that's the one that got the condensation damage when I left them on the windowsill <laughs> overnight. <laughs> so I, it, it still has the water damage at the bottom. You know, I think I remember. Moonbase and Spearhead and the Silurians, um, or the Cave Monsters, of course it was called, wasn't it? Um, th- those ones that stick in my head, partly because um, did they all have illustrations? Did Moonbase have illustrations? I can't remember, but certainly. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, yes, it did. Uh, yeah, I think it was particularly the, those sort of. I think a lot of my my liking for Troughton and Pertwee came from the novelizations before I'd even seen them. But, uh, well, I think uh, Chris uh, Achilles, Achilles uh, did the illustrations for the Day of the Daleks, but the um, the uh, illustrations for uh, Cybermen are by Alan Willow, mm. and they are. I mean, they must be based on uh, set photographs. Although there's that full page one of uh, them looking at the scanner right at the beginning and. Yeah, I don't know what reference they used for that, but I suspect he was drawing for the annuals at that time. You know, I mean, Paul and and Lisa and, mm. and Martin. I have to ask: Do you go back to these books and and reread them? Because occasionally, if I'm having a bath, mm-hmm. I sort of um, 
I, I need to have something in my hand when I'm in the bath, and uh, I, I, I will often sort of go in the tub with the sea devils or something like that, <laughs> just just because I can skim through it in like sort of twenty minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't need uh, my, anything too big. So. My sister got water uh, 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 on the three doctors when, uh, as it were, when we were when she was having a bath. So <laughs> there's there's an outtake outtake quote for you. No, um, <laughs> my my uh, my sister got they got that damp, so she used to borrow them and, and read them in the bath. So um, yeah, I, I I I tend to be a bit more protective. Oddly enough, since they've been uh, you know they've been doing the the audio readings uh, on CD. I've tended to, I've tended to buy those really, but I've been a little bit more selective. I, I tend to want for some reason I want the complete heart nail on audio at some point. That's just a thing in my head. So uh, so the heart nail ones I will, I will order as a matter of course, but I haven't really ordered many of the later ones, you know. But when it comes to things beyond books, um, I'll. I think it's true that when, when I was a fan, there wasn't much you could get beyond books. No. Because um, there was the genesis of the Daleks LP, but I didn't get it until some years later on cassette. There was the two Doctor Who music releases. Yes. Uh, and Martin, you mentioned the poster magazines you could get from from the exhibitions. But, yes. But w- what other bits and bobs did you have in your collection that you either loved or or, or hated? It's it's very strange because it it was mostly books, you know. Um, I mean, even, even until uh, the magazine, uh, the Doctor Who, well, Doctor Who Weekly started in was it seventy eight, seventy nine, seventy nine, seventy nine. You know, yeah. I mean, apart from the odd sort of scrap of um, uh, Radio Times, Chiggery Pokery, and the odd um, what would you call it the uh, the 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 the, um, the stuff you would sort of cut out from the newspapers um, Mm. ephemera you know which is one of the reasons I started doing scrapbooks because you start to accumulate this kind of stuff when you're that sort of age there wasn't a great deal you went to the exhibition I think the Dennis Fisher toys were around the mid 70s Uh, and obviously uh, prior to that you had all the things like uh, Sugar Smacks badges and um, uh, what were the other Sugar Smacks thing that you could get the, 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 didn't they have masks or something on the back of the packet? I, I, I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a bit, I mean, there was because there was things like the Weetabix. There was the Weetabix. I did have the Weetabix bits and bobs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there were there were promotional things, you know. But really, apart from books, and, and I mean, okay, yeah, I, mean, I know there are whole uh, books about the toys you could get. I, they didn't. They didn't really make it to me. I had a, I had a a Dalek bubble bath one Christmas, you know. <laughs> um, the 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 uh, black and yellow uh, one, mm. but um, th- those sort of toys just uh, you know maybe it's being up north, lad. But um, <laughs> you know there, there wasn't the, those sort of things never got through to. It. I was terribly jealous because a friend of mine had the remains of it. It obviously broken years earlier of one of those um, Dennis Fisher uh, Dalek model toys, but his was silver and gold, so it must have been a very early one because I, mean, I know they yeah. came out in red and blue and things later but uh, the 60s one you know the one they used on the production line in um, oh is it power of the Daleks? yeah, yeah. They, well he had yeah. this he must have had it from his big brother and it was just sort of broken in a in a, in a toy box so this mate of mine whose who's house i used to go around to you know had this and i was always terribly jealous of that because literally it was the only doctor who toy prior to uh, the sort of tom baker years that i've ever seen really what about you paul you did mention 
one item yeah. before we started recording. I'd love to hear about. Well, the other thing um, before, before I get to that, I was thinking about is, is the pescatons. No one talks about the pescatons anymore. Um, that was that was sort of along with Genesis. That was the only other audio thing which you could sort of. get I at. did have that, but I was almost scared of playing it because <laughs> it was something. It was something about the music and the atmosphere of it that I, I played it two or three times but it it didn't often make it make its way into the record player because i was i was a bit frightened of it i feel like i <laughs> didn't own it at the i think that was another one that was always being borrowed from me by me from the uh public library but uh, but the things i actually had i think it was more sort of early 80s type uh, merchandise like we had this tardis playhouse um and that would have been sometime around 82, 83, because my brother was around and he was born in 82. Um, but the cover of it was um, three little kids dressed up as Tegan Nissa and the Doctor. No no Adric. <laughs> um, I don't think there was Adric on there. Um, and, um, yeah, we definitely uh, uh, even had a... Um, the back of it even had, like, a Perspex, which I guess was the, mon- like the monitor screen. <laughs> um so we had that. I also had a cane, a talking canine, and a talking Dalek. Again, from this was sort of early to mid eighties. Um, I, th- I felt like it was slightly more ahead of some of the things that I think when it came to the Dapple stuff later in the eighties, it was it was more cheap, cheaply produced or not quite as advanced as that, but. Um, but I always remember that yeah, the talking canine, talking Dalek, were being quite good. Um, but I did have. Does that does that mean you could get a Tegan outfit? I don't know. They didn't come with the with the didn't come right. with the outfits. I, but they might have been. I'm not sure. Um, well, is it giving you ideas, Mark? No, no, not <laughs> at all. I, just, I, was just, I was just I was just kind of noting that they didn't make an Adric outfit, and that was probably actually more suited. Yeah, kind of. Because te- technically, if it was going to be Tegan and. Um, Anissa, it should have been a different because it, it was definitely their first season, um, mm. uh, their season nineteen costumes. Um, because it's it's kind of iconic, isn't it? I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, the the Doctor outfits are always quite iconic, but the, but there's not re- not until that era is there a kind of outfit associated with mm. the companion, as it were. Uh, uh, I I did have some Dapol figures, but a friend of mine who was very keen on Cyberman, Cyberman, who who wasn't, I wouldn't say he was massive Doctor Who fan, he was a, more of a Cyberman fan, he he bought loads of Cybermen and then then for years into the 90s, when I was like already by that point in my 20s uh, Chris I think he probably got past wanting to keep them and I'd get like a parcel of about three Cybermen uh, for like as a, as a birthday present I was like, not, not in the boxes or anything, just I'm like, mm, but that, yeah. that must have been um, presumably that's the impact of Earthshock isn't it because I mean they hadn't been on television for eight years before yeah he is the right age because he's a little bit younger than me so he would have been about nine eight sort of nine ish or whatever when when the cybermen came back so powerful stuff this telly because re-watching um some of your certain parts you've you've sort of put up in the last year or so i did note your white and gold dapple dalek it it makes an appearance in your student digs yes yeah i had quite a few of those (laughs) 
Copyright alert. <laughs> the yeah. nation estate are after you. I was going to say Terry Nation will be after you for Sutton Park. <laughs> yeah, for illegal, illegal miniature darling. can't help it if a darling lives in your house with you. I mean, it just, it just <laughs> lived in my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Daleks have lives as well. They're not all horrible. But Lisa, but, what... So, Lisa, would what, you have bought the what, Tegan what, outfit what, if it had been available? What, yeah, what, what, um, what, what appeals to you, Lisa? I'm not sure I'd bought a Tegan outfit. I think I'd rather have a doctor outfit, to be honest. Yeah. Quite I'd right, have too. dressed up as the doctor instead of just... But, but did you have dappled stuff? Not, not until very late on. Because we've got a little Sylvester over there, haven't oh, we, we? Where we did, did that come I from? Think he's, I think he's fallen down somewhere. <laughs> that came from Forbidden Planet. Oh, right. Been on the gin again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it might not have been food and play. It might have been John Fitton actually. All right. In London. Yeah. So that was. Well, that tell was us about your trips to Forbidden Planet then, because oh. you, you used to go there with Paul sometimes, did you? Mm. Or, um, or, or with our group generally. I don't think we didn't go to Forbidden Planet as much as 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 um, uh, HMV in Oxford Street. That right. was a popular place to go. We, yeah. get, we occasionally went to Forbidden Planet, but it was more, yeah. Sort of HMV and looking at all the sort of videos and things. Wow. But uh, just going back briefly to to books, though, I, I didn't mention the fact that I had. Um, we've still got it upstairs. I had the omnibus editions of um, Mind of Evil, and um, oh, right. it's Claws of Axos, the Star ones. Yeah, it's, they've got a silver cover. And the Mind of Evil one, I particularly remember, because my mum used to have to go for a lot of hospital appointments. So my dad would take her, and obviously I would have to go along because I wasn't old enough to be left at home on my own. And I would always take that book with me to read while we waited. Mm. So that's my memory of reading that book and sitting in the sort of hospital waiting room, waiting for my mum to be seen and, and to, so we could go back home. Okay. So that's, that's what I remember when I look at that book. There's a, there's a warmth, isn't there, to, to the, the memories that come with these books. I, think. I mean, I, it always fascinates me, that picture of Stephen Moffat reading uh, whichever one he's reading uh, in that photograph. And I think no one ever took my picture taking a Doctor <laughs> reading a Doctor Who book. And yet I must have had one in my hand most of the time at <laughs> that age. Yeah, did you ever take them to school? Because I did. Me? Yeah, well, uh, any of you. Yeah. I got them out of the library at school. Yeah. And I got told by a boy at school yeah. and I'd not been this is when I first started senior school so I was 11 and I, I got a book out of my bag a Doctor Who book which I think I might have got from the public library at that point but I did look in the school library and there were Doctor Who books there and when I went back for a reunion we went and had a look and there were still Doctor Who books there whether they were the same Doctor Who books or not I don't know but I got told by this, this boy that I couldn't like Doctor Who because I quote you're a girl <laughs> and girls don't like Doctor Who and I think I just gave him a disdainful look and carried on reading the book well, the, the, the funny thing I was going to say linking into what we were saying about how important Earthshot was I, I think that the five doctors was very important in my little group of friends in the village I lived in because uh, I was pretty much the only boy and then there were lots of tomboys and when we, and we were still young you know, we were only ten or something when uh, when Five Doctors came out, and none of the girls wanted to be companions. Having seen the Five Doctors, everybody wanted to be... It was, which Doctor are you going, going to be? So <laughs> nobody was playing Tegan or Nyssa. Everyone was uh, you know, playing... Uh, play, got to pick a Doctor, so all the stories were, were multi-Doctor stories. It's, all, it's always been terribly progressive in that in that sense, isn't it? Do you know, I mean, when you think about it, you know, yeah. you don't want to be sort of pigeonholed, and, and I think that's the interesting thing. The, we, we get pigeonholed in life by other people you know like say that, that boy talking to you you know it's just mm. well 
you know, bog off, quite yeah. frankly, if I want to read them. I'm, <laughs> this is a thing I enjoy, I'll enjoy it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But beyond the beyond the worlds of Doctor Who, um, and that that was actually a book you could get, wasn't <laughs> it? The worlds of Doctor Who. <laughs> um, I also remember in my collection having LPs of Faulty Towers soundtracks. Okay. So, what other TV items did you did you have in your collection beyond Doctor Who? Can you think? Well, I I, I know from my point of view. Uh, uh, I, my sister bought the new goodies LP, uh, which I was very fond of, um, which I still have the uh, copy of uh, on the shelf. Is that, is that the I, world? I don't, I don't, the world I don't have the a goodies. vinyl player at all, um, but I do still have my sister's a few of my sister's LPs, and that's and that's one of the ones we have. You know. Well, my, my mum and my mum and my, my granddad really bought things like Eric and Ernie. There's an Eric and Ernie LP on there, you know. Uh, on the shelf there, which, which, so, so I think it was, it was, it was definitely a cultural thing. There's the um, uh, Tony Hancock. The there was the re-recordings of uh, Blood Donor and Radio Ham that were on were on vinyl. So I think they, they these things sort of actually sort of charted in as far as these things do. You know, they were they were popular things. People you know, really sort of wanted to re-experience their Morecambe and Wise or what have you in those days. Because home video doesn't really take off till like the the, the early to mid nineteen eighties, does yes. it? So if you, if you're talking late seventies, if you wanted to re-experience a TV show, records were actually quite a good place to go. Because um, I certainly remember those two um, uh, Faulty Towers ones. I had I had at least one Monty Python LP. Yes, and and Lisa, I think we both had the two Muppet Show albums as yes. well. Yes, I don't know if I had both of them. I definitely had one. Yeah, but I uh, I don't know if I had both. But yeah, I I remember listening to Pigs in Space. Yeah, on it, <laughs> and and still being scared of because I was quite quite scared of Statler and Waldorf when I was a child. Yeah. And I remember looking at the the cover, thinking, God, you know, they're very scary looking. <laughs> they were so old, I think, and grumpy. They were old and angry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul, what? A... Sorry, I, I Sorry. just say I think there's there's an association with that age as well. I think sometimes because uh, sometimes these things were re-recorded, weren't they? For hmm. you know, in studios rather than the TV, the actual TV soundtrack. And I think sometimes your memory of it is the one you heard on the LP rather than you know that's so when you're watching it on television, it seems a bit wrong sometimes. You know. Well, for me, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, my go-to recording for years were the LP remakes because mm-hmm. they're not the same as the radio versions. No, they're to- they're total re-recordings. So when I listen to the, especially that first season on on the radio version, it just feels a bit sort of sparse and empty because it doesn't have all the effects on it that I'm so used to hearing from the. From the later LPs, it's very odd that, yeah, to me that's the definitive version, and for a lot I of people, of course, it won't be. They're about to be re-released. Oh, uh, on I'd CD, be, I believe. I'd be interested in that because, because, um, yeah, they they are they are different, and they're different enough to be worth investigating. I think I think they may be coming out more or less about the time of the anniversary of, of Adam's uh, uh, death. I'm not sure, but I think I think they are due to be to be released fairly soon, actually. Hmm. Although but obviously Paul, things have changed and things aren't getting pressed and factories aren't yeah. running, so but I think they were supposed to be out this year. But Paul, what other TV-related items 
can you think well, of beyond Doctor Who, or, or were you a Doctor Who only household when it came to well, books and toys? Certainly connected to TV. I remember being bought. I don't think it was one of their normal albums, but I had a, a Wombles compilation, which had, I think it was themed around Chris, the, the Christmas song they did. But it wasn't just that; it was it reminded me of Greatest Hits, and I really, really loved that. Um, and, and this was just last year. No, well, actually, yes, I, I would still, I would, <laughs> I, I do still cover the uh, Wombles, but, um, but no, I, I remember another boy in the village who was a couple of years older, lending me. Um, another one was album, and because he must have been sort of—I don't know quite what age we're talking about here, under ten, but I don't quite know when. Um, and he he gave me this album, and I think it was on the understanding I thought that he was giving me this album because he was—he must have been pushing his teens. He wouldn't really have wanted the Wombles album, and I remember though he came back for it, and I—I I think that's that's day I can remember crying more than I ever cried in my whole life was that he was taking the Wombles album away and it wasn't like you could just walk into a shop and buy it you know I don't know where I didn't know where he got it from or um and and so I was very I was very keen on the Wombles songs and I still listen to them to this day and I've told Mike Batzer <laughs> as well I, I've told I told Mike Bat that I know the lyrics to Minuetto Allegretto and Super Womble and I can I often sort of just sort of that's my party trick is that I can just um, parrot them out and I'm not very good at remembering lyrics and things generally and um, he was bemused but impressed but, uh. <laughs> well they are kind of locked in your brain aren't they those, those songs that you hear at that sort of age I mean they, 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 they lock in a way it's like uh, ad jingles from the same kind of era you, you can remember every word of you know particular advertising jingles uh, and they can come out of the most bizarre moment but, I, I w- but, you, but you can't remember yeah. something you saw yesterday well, I, always <laughs> said, I always said with my own poetry that it, it's more inspired by song lyrics than it is by other poets and yes. it's like Minuetto and Agretto, back in 1780 when Bulgaria was allowed, you, they were minuetting in the morning, in the evening they were minuetting mad Mr Minuetting Mozart was lord of the town and forgetting to be minuetting was letting the other minuetters down it's lovely, it's just lovely of lyrics so it just <laughs> bounces off, bounces <laughs> off each, itself yeah. I, I think you deserve a round of applause for yeah, absolutely <laughs> you will live, you will I'm, live I'm to be old recorder, so yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do uh, Super One more later <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was it? What's the what's the Madame Shirley? Oh, I, 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 I mean, sometimes I get bits of the Super Wumble One wrong, but it, it's me, um, but it has some very good lines in it about uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's another good one. Remember, you're a Wumble. Oh yeah, yeah. But Martin, yeah. That, Martin, a year or two ago on YouTube, I remember you putting up a video of going through a box of oh. bits and pieces yeah, and yeah. finding some Wish I could um, remember that, no? cor- corgi toys and things oh, like yes. that. So, so what did you have in that department? Well, the, in the in the I mean, corgi toys was, was interesting. I mean, Dinky and Corgi and um, indeed Matchbox. Um, they were all kind of, uh, if you think about it, all the tie-ins uh, from that era were really to do with the Anderson series, you know. Again, you know, you you do sort of feel there should have been a Bessie. There never was a Bessie, as far as I'm aware, in that era. Um, you know, it, it was kind of missing. But I, because I, I used to have the catalogues, I still have the catalogue somewhere. So I have everything. Uh, but like, so you would get a Joe ninety car or a, or a UFO. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Interceptor 
or uh, yes, yeah, you know. But uh, I mean, there's a, a beautiful a few years ago uh, because I always admired it, and they'd never done it. I was bought one of those. Uh, I can't remember who did the the diecast ones, but I've got a gorgeous skydiver on a shelf somewhere because I just I love I love submarines. So skydiver was a, was a, just a gorgeous diecast model, and that, that was a few years ago. But you know, if I could have had that when I was ten, I would have been absolutely overjoyed. But you know, I mean, there the, were the eagles. Uh, the Eagle Transporters, and obviously, and weirdly, the uh, Starship Enterprise with the um, the strangely completely distorted Starship Enterprise and the, and the strange pellets that came out of the front. Uh, yeah. Oh, the photon torpedoes. Yes. I had, I yes. had something yes. like that, but I think it was years later that I realised it was actually from a TV program. I, 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 I somehow got hold of something like one of those sorts of toys, just totally. I don't remember it being branded or anything, um, and, and it was only later when I, be- I, I sort of. What's UFO? A random stuff. spaceship. Yeah, it's thought it was a random spaceship. Uh, I mean, I pro- you know what you're like when you when you play games with toys. Anyway, if if ones from one series, you might have like Doctor Who fighting the Six Million Dollar Man, or so, you know all, all these crossovers that happen in the world of toys. Um, <laughs> in your own games of toys, we used to, when we used to play Doctor Who. I used to cross over with the Triffids because I'd, I'd, I'd seen the tri- I'd seen Day of the Triffids or some of it because it was far too scary. I got scared after episode one, but in all of my oh, Doctor oh. Who games around that time, it, it was always Doctor Who versus the Triffids, um, and that well, should have happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lisa, um, you've got a crossover story like that, haven't you? About playing Doctor About Who. About playing Doctor Who. Yes, yes, we would play because um, my uh, nieces and nephews are um, only sort of sort of five or six up to ten years younger than me so we would all play together and we we used to play at being Doctor Who and I was always the doctor because I was bossy <laughs> and then my right two right nieces to. would be the um, Nissa and Tegan and we tried to get my nephew to be Adric but he was only about two at this point and he was absolutely, absolutely loved the Fraggles. And he wouldn't be Adric, he would be a Fraggle. So we used to just leave him to sit under a chair somewhere and be a Fraggle while we played Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> on the whole, I think I agree with him. But, uh, but uh, playing Doctor <laughs> Who when my brother came along, because I think we've probably been, pl- I've probably been playing Doctor Who at school and playing Doctor Who with the tomboys in the village. And the, the, though those stories would have had some proper plot, there'd have been a cliffhanger. We'd have recap. We'd have we always recap. We always recap the cliffhanger and continued on. And I, I, there was a while I, I did keep my stories. I, I had a book and I wrote wrote down the plots of the stories that we did. But then when my brother came along, he didn't really want to do plots. He just wanted to do fighting. So it, 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 I think it sort of fizzled out really because you couldn't do the the sort of more nuanced stories that uh, I wanted to do. <laughs> Just fighting. But what about what about annuals? Were, were you a, a, a receiver of a Doctor Who annual on a regular basis? Uh, Anyone? I don't remember. I never. I don't remember ever getting a Doctor Who annual. All right. Not at, the, not at that time. Later on, when I could buy them for myself, yeah, I bought all the yearbooks and and mm. and so we've got the odd annual that we source from a charity shop, mm. uh, the, different places. But I never got them at the time. I, I did have some. Uh, and I di- and if I saw them at um, jumble sales, I'd always I'd pick up pick them up. But didn't they fizzle out around the time of Colin Baker? There was no Sylvester McCoy annuals, were there? I don't think. No, there weren't. No. So they they they, they uh, there's that one with many Colin Bakers 
in sort of different shapes. I mean, we, I mean we've done a couple of spoof covers based mm. on the later annuals for for around the archives, mm. but uh, but the, no, they, I don't. I think the I, I think basically at the time of the hiatus, rather did for uh, world distributors or whatever they were called, mm. um, world publishing. Because they were they were all done in Manchester. I mean, I knew a couple of the artists weirdly, mm. um, you know. Uh, and uh, but uh, I I got my I I I, I well again, <laughs> it 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 it, it, it absolutely horrified collectors. But I have a, a Patrick Troughton one which I cut up for my scrapbooks. <laughs> I, I cut up a lot of Doctor Who magazines to try and make an episode yes. guide because uh, they they had. In the, was it the early 80s or late 70s they had like an episode guide each month and I thought it would be really good if I cut them up and stuck them into a scrapbook but of course that never happened I cut them all up and then they got forgotten somewhere it, it was so difficult that before the the magazine came out to get visual information you know mm. uh, you know visual reference stuff you could put in apart from actual cuttings from the paper you know news cuttings you really you couldn't find photographs you know so if you wanted to sort of put you know a cover together or something it was actually very difficult to do you know photocopies of of target book covers were about as, as sophisticated as got as it got back in those days or 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 i mean i, I can i could you know the um Certainly, when I was doing the scrapbooks, things like the Typhoo tea boxes, you know, just cutting out the bits off because you bought so many Typhoo teas to get the set. <laughs> well, so you had spare copies of, of that sort of picture of the the row of characters, you know, uh, or the uh, the logo. But apart, until that came along, or until or until um, the Weetabix figures, you really there wasn't that much material out there, apart from, of course, the 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 classic uh, Radio Times special, which. Thankfully, I didn't cut up. Because um, classic Doctor Who sort of missed that era of sticker books. I think there, yes. was, there was a sticker book. I remember having a sticker book in the early days of the new series um, when it first came back. But um, I, certainly by the late 80s, uh, stick, sticker books, whether it be football or Neighbours or whatever you, you're interested in, it was Neighbours for me. Um, I had a Neighbours sticker, sticker book, but... But Doctor Who wasn't really popular enough in the late eighties to warrant that sort of treatment. And and, and bubblegum cards. I mean, I I I, I don't know. I never particularly took to bubblegum, but I I, I I seem to have most of a set of Planet of the Apes bubblegum cards somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and most of, most of a couple of Star Wars sets. So they were sort of deemed bubblegum worthy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I mean, Thai food. You know, they, they must have sold a lot of tea because of the. Uh, the Doctor Who cards they did, and I imagine that Weetabix wouldn't have done it twice if the first one hadn't been, you know, gloriously successful. You know, and of course the Sugar Smacks with John Pertwee. So, you know, and wasn't there a Doctor Who chocolate bar? Oh, um, I think there's one. I vaguely remember seeing a picture um, with Pertwee's face on. Yeah, I just. If you just give me a few minutes, yeah, uh, we'll gonna, talk amongst ourselves. Well, yes, that's the idea. I, I have actually got um, the Great British Tuck Shop book sitting oh, next right. to me, so I, I can possibly leaf through and, and, and find find it. Well, I, I mean, there's an infinite. Picture, I believe there's an infinite number of chocolate bars from that era that nobody ever remembers. I don't think anybody remembers Super Moose. I don't think anybody remembers the Pink Panther bar, which mm -hmm. was a strawberry flavored thing, which was. Well, to my mind, gorgeous, but then again, I was nine. <laughs> but did you have, um, I was going to say, saying about chocolate, 
Did you have the Peter Davison Easter egg? I never had that. I was a bit old for that, I think. With that infamous um, bit of... Oh, I found it. Hang on a moment. Um, Doctor Who, 1971 and 1973. Right. Um, I've got here... Well, it's got to be later than 73. Doctor Who Milk Chocolate, Doctor Who Cartoon Collection, uh, Picture 15. That's got John Pertwee on it. Mm-hmm. And what appears to be Tom Baker and Bessie. So the, these are these are from, depending on which logo you believe, either Nestle, Nestles or Nestle. And it was no Nestles, Nestles, mate. Yeah. yeah, no, it's gonna be Nestles. Because <laughs> wasn't it Doctor Who fights Master Plan Q or something like that? There was oh. there was some picture card sequence like that. Oh, and look on the next page, Super Moose. There you go. Uh, oh, Larry the Lamb. Uh, I've got I've got Larry the Lamb and Noddy. Uh, uh, galaxy. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just having fond memories of the multiple scented fries bar. Now the fries. Oh <laughs> yeah. You actually, you, apparently you can get those, but they're only in pound. Uh, rhubarb oh. dairy milk chocolate. Um, and I think there's a Wombles one as well, which would please <laughs> please or maybe cry. So. One of the other. <laughs> <laughs> Wombles chocolate. It makes you cry. Oh, I never saw that. oh here we are. Wombles with Wellington and and. Was it Ken Gorm the McWomble? Yeah. <laughs> there's Mister Men, there's Rupert, wow. and there's Pink Panther, which was strawberry wow. flavoured and horrible. Right. <laughs> and of course, so, there was, uh, on the other side of the coin, there was the ice lollies, weren't there? So there was the Dalek hmm. Death Ray, you know. So. Did you ever actually like that? Because I didn't. I, I I like De- well, I like mint. So, and if you like mint, you know, chocolate mint, yeah, yeah it, it was fine. You know, I mean, there were there were there were much more horrible uh, ice lollies. <laughs> I would put it this way I bought more than one so I mustn't have disliked them completely well there's a load of Jerry Anderson adverts for the the, was it the the Zoom and the Fab aren't there right Um, there's there's Joe 90 adverts and there's tie-ins isn't it you know I mean the thing is I I mean I I mean I think the Sky Ray existed and then they did the Patrick Troughton Sky Ray didn't they well not really Patrick Troughton hide your face hide your face Uh um, (laughs) advert but, uh, but the, the Sky Ray lolly itself had been around for a while. They just found a way of tying it. So I presume that would have been when they did collectible cards or something, in, which you can't really imagine inside a, uh, a nice lolly. You get this soggy bit of cardboard. Really, but <laughs> I suppose it worked. Maybe they put them in little plastic bags mm-hmm. inside. I don't know how that worked. Mm-hmm. But bring it up to the modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's true that Lisa especially is is guilty of trawling eBay and Amazon a lot mm-hmm. every month yeah. when we decide on something to do on around the archives. So, what are some of the strangest things you've sourced in recent oh. years? It's 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 a lot of annuals and books, isn't yes. it? Yeah, I think the Sweeney annuals are fairly fairly odd, and the Van der Volk one. I mean, the Sweeney's especially the fact they they did an annual for a program that was not aimed at children or teenagers mm. is a little bit odd especially since it's got sort of weird games in it as well yeah i do like the van der volk chase game yeah. where you can <laughs> chase round up on a canal or something isn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah we should actually do a video one day where we play i feel you game. should mm. and you must wear brown leather jackets to do it <laughs> and, and drink beer yeah and get and get sylvester mccoy's old colin baker wig <laughs> But Paul, you joined us in getting hold of the Animal Crackers book, mm, didn't you? Yes. When when you did that article, and, and I think it's just helpful to see these programs in 
better context than just watching the DVD. I often think it gives you a, a better perspective. But, yeah. I certainly think that the... Uh, I mean, because uh, I know, like I say, I knew people at World who did a lot of the annuals, and I think it was just whatever licence they had, and whether or not they actually pretty much used the same stories and the, and the same games throughout the entire range, and whether, whether you actually look at your Van der Velt book and open it, and it's got the same game as, as, as a John Pertwee annual, I don't know. But it's always a possibility. Because we've got some Cat Weasel books, we the annuals rather. Yeah. Uh, we've got Dad's Army ones. Yes. Um, trying to think what, what else we've got. It's a bit strange. Zed cars we've, we've got. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, some of those are, are quite strange. And, and even the general, just the TV comic ones as well. Yes, they're, they're a little odd. I, yeah. I've got novelisations for... But these were bought back at Comic Mart back in the early 90s, so they were six, 60s books, probably published at the time. But I've got novelizations for things like The Invaders, Get Smart. Uh, there was a whole range of Dark Shadows novelizations that went into the early 70s. There's quite a lot of those. I, I must have about half a dozen of those. Was made, maybe more, but I think there were 20, 25 of those. Um, that's like, yeah, so I've got a few sort of weird novelizations of, of, of and think, even things like. As, as you know, I like Sons and Daughters, and, and, and there's some of the soaps. I think there was a pri- there was some prison no- novelizations. There were some um, neighbours novelizations, Sons and Daughters. So, so yeah, things you would never probably. Well, it was again pre-video. I mean, the the, the novelization of a film or a TV series that was the way you experienced it, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That was or re-experienced it. You know, I've also just remembered because you mentioned the Sweeney. Wasn't, weren't there board games uh, for the Sweeney as well? Uh, have well, you been a, collecting board games? Board games is is what something we don't dip our toe into. We have to draw the line in terms of space somewhere. But I Apart did have more of the Daleks. Daleks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did have that. Yeah, which was probably um, the only way you could get a Dalek toy at that age. Though <laughs> for a while, I kept getting um, emails from eBay trying to sell me the Coldex board game. I'd look for Coldex <laughs> books on eBay. And it, it, they repeatedly said, to me, we, we, are you interested in this? I don't want the coldest ball game. It's too complicated. <laughs> it's also, I mean, when you think back to that time, I mean, I, I, mean, I had my action man, <laughs> as it were, and uh, they, they, when Coldest was on television, though you could get, I mean, a whole load of Gestapo outfits and God knows what for your action man. You could dress him up as a Nazi as much as you liked. You know, the, they had an astonishing range of... of of um, <laughs> Nazi toys. When you think about it now, it's it, it's outrageous. You really can't. But it, we, I, it was just another aspect of the war, I suppose. I don't know whether the 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 the, the thing that, that now causes it to be more problematical was was still people were still bothered by it, or whether it was just people didn't think of it in the same way. It's very odd. Well, Tim Worthington's just retweeted today a clip mm-hmm. of you, Lisa, talking yes. about the Jaws game. Yes. On um, when we appeared on Looks Unfamiliar a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, th- isn't there an alien game or something like I that? I think he said there yeah. was. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it's just the mm-hmm. weird things that are pitched at, at children from s- films that aren't child-based at all. No. It, mm-hmm. You know, just to make a bit of money, I guess. It's always interesting as well that the um, the uh, gaming industry, you know, there used to be a, wasn't there a, a pinball Doctor Who game? Yes. Yeah. So there was always there was quite often tie-ins to things that were massively inappropriate for the for the sort of the gaming and gambling industry. 
Because you used to like the, the Adams Family pinball. Oh, yeah, you? when we used to go to the Isle of Wight. Yeah. I, I think it was in Shanklin somewhere. Yeah, it's in a sort of... I, I'm, quite a fa- I'm quite a fan of pinball games. Yeah. And there's an Adams Family game. And at one mm. point, you get the ball in a certain position and Thing's hand comes out and grabs the ball <laughs> and puts it away and you get a, a sound by thank you thing or yeah, something get, like that. Lend a hand, Thing. Uh, uh, that's it, Thing. Lend a hand, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose they are... They are less gambly, aren't they? I, I suppose. Yeah, I did have that Doctor Who game released around the time that Davison was the Doctor. Uh, for, uh, I'm not sure how many computers it, versions there were, but I had it for the BBC B. Um, I can't what it was called, but it had it had a picture of Davison on the front, and I always remember I had trouble loading bits of it, or you'd have to, uh, it. It was never uh, that popular. <laughs> Um, it must have been a nightmare, you know, sitting in a room trying to come up with a, a game uh, that was actually associated with Van der Valk or, <laughs> or, or the Swe- Sweden. You know, you basically, a lot of them I know were variations on Ludo, weren't they? Generally, you know, but, well, but I, it was kind of like shut I it, think there's go back not, three places. <laughs> I think there's an on the buses game that's a bit oh, like yeah, that, and, yeah. and it's, it, it sounds so odd. I'm almost tempted <laughs> in my madder moments. <laughs> Just to play the on the buses board game. Because <laughs> I, di- I did have um, the Battle for the Universe game, the Doctor Who one, yeah, right. which had pictures that just looked nothing like any of the people they were supposed to be. Yeah, you'd be looking at Romana going, "Who's that man? <laughs> that's not Romana. That's a man. Oh. That's a man in a dress." It's, you know, it's, the delights of licensing is marvelous, yeah. isn't it? Because <laughs> isn't there that Top Trumps game with the with the the Ogrons and the Sea Devils. Oh, and it's I the wrong way round. The wrong way round. Yeah. Yes. And I, 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 th- I think Gruntly the Ogron got confused over there, yes. didn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it's the wonderful lack of quality control you used to get. Mm. And I don't think you get it that as much these days. Um, yeah, well, again, it's interesting you... that they had in the annuals, they usually had the doctor's face. They could, you know, the actor would have approved that they could use their, their image. But uh, then Sarah would look like I don't know Caroline Munro, or or Harry would look like some strange porn star. Porn star Harry, I think, did a thing on on Twitter a couple of years ago. Because <laughs> there is a, a, a couple of panels in one of the annuals, and it's one of the late seventies one ones where the sort of the Doctor and Romana or whoever it's meant to be, I forget, seem to have landed on Moonbase Alpha. <laughs> Because yes. you've got the whole set, one. you've got the whole set, and the lights, those funny white sort of curvy lights that they had on the desks, and Barbara and Bain, kid, yeah, yeah, and he, even as a kid, I remember thinking, well, hang on, this feels familiar. I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time, but I knew there was something wrong there. There's a, a comic strip in one of those annuals from the mid seventies, which uh, Leela walks around in a, in a skirt and t-shirt. But she, um, she, uh, the likeness has been taken from a very unpleasant scene in A Clockwork Orange. Because <laughs> <laughs> Martin, you'd know about this more than us. Aren't there later, sort of towards the tail end of TV comic, when they reprint Pertwee? Oh, they just, um, yes, they they draw uh, over his head with Tom Baker. Yeah, and, and Pertwee's yes. yeah got suddenly got Tom Baker's head. And, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's very, very strange yeah. thinking, you know, we can get away with this. But. I don't know if you've ever visited the, uh, the is, is the John Pertwee recipe book canon uh, thread on uh, Gallifrey Base at all? 
no no <laughs> there's a lot of those images in there Tom Tom Faker I think he's gone <laughs> uh, and, uh, and 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 not not twee or something <laughs> you know they, yeah they, they, but yes I mean I, I did think I mean for a long time you did think that you could get away with it for just basically colouring in John Pertwee's hair <laughs> But it, but uh, no, they did actually draw over. They did get an artist to actually draw a new a new face over the whole thing. But there were the same plots being uh, recaptured. I mean, TV comic was was struggling for money in its later days, and and that's what they did, you know. <laughs> but yeah, there's also these really odd books, like as you say, the John Pertwee. Um, there is a John Pertwee recipe book. There is, I think. Peter Davison's book of alien monsters. I have that. the dinosaurs one. Yeah, yeah. I have the dinosaurs one because I like dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these are just like collections of old science fiction stories, aren't mm. they? That they 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 put a picture of Peter Davison on in the hope yeah. that it sells some copies. <laughs> oh, I had to. Because we've got. Sorry. So yeah. just gonna say we've got John Pertwee's book of horror yeah. stories. <laughs> <laughs> we just basically just—I don't think he picked the stories. He just put his name to it. Uh, just a lot of motorbikes. I, I, <laughs> I had the Viewmaster for Full Circle and Castrovalva. Um, okay. The, 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 I remember they, they did look, yeah, they did look quite special back in the day. <laughs> must have done proper three D photography mm. for those. Though. Yeah. yeah so they must have had a the cameraman on, you know, on set, yeah. sort of taking photographs. You know. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, w- w- what would you say though, um, if 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 you had to rescue some items from your collection these oh. days, what 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 would you grab first if you had to rescue something? Uh, for me, it would be the original recording of State of Decay. Yeah, why is that? Because it's such a part of my childhood, mm. and I know it's on the. Um, I think it's on the season eighteen box set. Yeah, because the re-release is is not right to me because it's not Tom Baker. He's not doing the voices. It's not got the musical bits on it. Yeah, and I listened to that tape so many times. Yeah, it's it a very che- treasured um, thing when I was sort of eight or nine. Yeah, so for me, it's the Doctor Who monster book, the original mm. version, not the eighties reprint. Yeah, uh, and. And it is partly because of that back cover. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this is Doctor Who. And, that you know, this is stuff you haven't even sort of discovered yet. And it was mm. the mystery of the books that I hadn't read. And that that's what I really liked. Yeah. But what, what about you, Martin? What would you rescue? Well, you mean, apart from all that Dwaz stuff. <laughs> 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 no, I... I, 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 I if I had a fire, I should get a fire safe. But I... I, I I I think I would want to rescue my Radio Times tenth anniversary special. I think that's that is kind of I think that is where I turn the corner. I remembered sort of when I when they announced it was coming out. I think I dashed to the newsagent that night. Uh, of course, it hadn't come out today. <laughs> it was coming out soon, but of course, when you're ten, you don't really get that. But uh, but I, the the tenth anniversary special. Uh, strangely enough, uh, I do have two copies of that for various reasons, and uh, I, I, that's a very treasured uh, piece. Also, for different reasons, um, the making of. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I I bought. Uh, I mean, I got the the Tom Baker copy of the making of, but a friend of mine who I used to get sent. I used to get sent to another family's house just before Christmas for 
various reasons when I was, was a child and they had a copy of the 1972 Piccolo version uh, which they showed me and I was absolutely blown away by that because obviously it's got completely different photographs in it, it has all the uh, different um, it's, well, it's a different book in many ways and um, and that for years I, you know, I, I, I remembered it but I couldn't find a copy anywhere and eventually about Ten years ago, I, I paid really seriously over the odds for a copy on eBay, and it it is, you know, it's a it's a wonderful object. And having spent so many years chasing it, I'd be very loath to lose it. So, what about you, Paul? Uh, what, what's your essential item? Well, I, I don't think I've got much in my in my flat here. Probably the oldest stuff I have is back at my parents. Um, so I almost forget what I've got. Um, I think I think um, I would I would mainly just grab all the all the Blu-ray sets and um, DVDs and things that I spent so much money on. Um, just 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 for sort of practical reasons. I don't think I've got anything here that that's rare enough to, to that stands out really. Um, but uh, and you sort of. Often forget what I have still got back at my parents until I open a drawer and and find you know, some Doctor Who stuff mixed up with some plans for an episode of Sutton Park from 1993 or something. Uh, <laughs> I've still got I've still got like um, uh, nobody else will remember this, but but except for um, uh, Andrew. But uh, I used to, to to put an episode number. I used to have to get a bit of white paper, a marker pen, and then you point the camera at it, and it would it sort of. You, you would sort of do a colour picture of it. That was how you do the the, the 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 numbers. So sometimes when I'm going through old, old stuff with my parents, I find bits of white paper with 325 on it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have an archive of of my own stuff, which is probably more valuable to me than Doctor Who. Paul, that, stuff those are, those are essential pieces of paper. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. I, if, yeah, save those definitely. Still, yeah. When the definitive volume gets written, uh, yeah, I've still got uh, <laughs> I've still got a few of the Sutton Park puppets around as well. They probably need vet screens. So it's probably my own archive that I would be looking at rescue more than my Doctor Who archive. I was just wondering, Paul. You know this show Repair Shop that's on, uh, where you can take treasured items. <laughs> I wonder if you should. T- turn up with some of the old Sutton Park cast members if they were in a bit of a state <laughs> yeah. and see if they can be restored I think um, the ones that I saw last about 5-10 years ago they, they did a photo shoot for one of my Master Commons books and they didn't look much different so I think they've done quite well a lot of them but uh, yeah. I'm sure there will be they've some, weathered better than us yeah, I'm sure there will be some <laughs> yeah, um, that, that need a bit of help but uh, particularly ones that uh, were, were doctored by Lee and had cost- new costumes put around the original um, uh, sort of. uh, the M- Museum of Sutton Park. <laughs> there you go. One day it'll well, happen. Well, do you remember? Well, do you remember that um, uh, we had uh, there, there was Crispin the dinosaur, and Lee did a like a Julian Clary sort of um, headdress and everything around the, the the original puppet, which was just a quite a basic puppet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because it was a bit of a sort of time lordy collar, yes. wasn't it? It was all glit- glittering, yeah. yes. And yeah. he he became even more flamboyant. Yeah. I seem to remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there I, we go. I, right. I think it's I think it's interesting though because I I don't know about you. I, do you think you have anything that's particularly rare? I don't think I've got anything that's a rare collectible. You know, uh, but that's the thing is you don't think anything you have is because you've got it. 
if you see what mm. I mean. But do you think you've got a particularly a rare collectible in your in your? I think the only household vaguely rare thing is the last Troughton annual. Mm. Right. I, I remember getting that at um, Wimble Market, and I paid thirty quid for it years ago, and it's in pretty good nick. Um, right. And sometimes it's the quality that sort of. It, means how much these things cost but in turn but you can find that you can find that online if you search i think mm. i've got very little that's actually unique i, it, I don't know about you lisa no probably yeah. i think it's with these things no. that were produced on mass you just presume that there's still loads of dapple figures lying around in people's attics or sitting on people's bookshelves and, and maybe mm. there were less than you 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 think but uh, we need to do a roll call. I suppose it's it's as much as anything, though, isn't it? It's is the is the fact that you know the fact that you you forget is because you were just there and you bought them. I mean, things like those uh, poster uh, magazines I was talking about, you know, the from the six from the seventies. You think you think, oh well, they must be you know ten a penny, but of course, you know that's what th- 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> And so maybe maybe there aren't as many of them about as you think you are, and all, all the what people who have them have, have lovingly sort of kept them and sort of nurtured them. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, if you're a, if you were a fan today, you would probably not find one very easily. It makes you wonder what no. stuff would be considered rare from the new version of the show. Um, yeah, yes. And, uh, the funny thing is, uh, I wonder if certain shows don't sort of. Um, attract collectors as much because when I went back, we were talking about this earlier I went back to my parents, found a load of these neighbours collectors cards that I had and I was really kind of kind of chuffed they were in really good condition and I, I mentioned it on a neighbours group that I go in and, and, and nobody really I put some photos of them, nobody really responded at all so it was, don't think they, they didn't, might, re- didn't remember they didn't really cared <laughs> I don't think they were really interested <laughs> at all because I think a lot of there are certain fans of that show that are very keen on the early stuff, and then there are fans who like it now. So, and they're not they're, mm. if they didn't see it thirty years ago, they're not that interested. Who's that sort of thing? Um, that, so, so do, if, you think, it, do you think that, that say, the it, modern it, viewers have, have, have not got the sense of TV history? You know, if you're a Coronation Street fan, you want to watch Coronation Street today. You're not interested in Ina Sharp. I think that's the, yeah. I think I think there's certainly a lot of people who would feel that way. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew, I spoke over you. No, I was just going to say, is it almost that there's a, like the classic Who, New Who, sometimes there's a d- divide there. Is it, is it almost the same with Neighbours? Well, be. I mean, it's been 35 years of history of it in the same way as with Coronation Street. You know, you know, uh, as you say, TV historians are interested in the early Coronation Street, but, but today's li- watchers, um, viewers, aren't probably um, not, you know, perhaps if a, a character from the 80s comes back for some episodes, they might be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember her when I was a kid or something." But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, some shows don't really look at their past very much. I mean, of, of late, Neighbours has been very backward-looking in a nice way. They they had a whole plotline last year where, where all of um, Paul Robinson's ex-wives showed up um, for a whole big storyline um which was to me it was like the the five doctors of of neighbors it was great to have all all these old characters coming back and they do that a lot on neighbors these days um there was that nice episode of father brown wasn't there when all three of the detectives turned up oh yes uh, that's right yes yes towards the end of last season yeah Yeah. i I love it when things like that happen probably because of my doctor who I mean, it would have been great if, if they'd have done an Avengers back in the 60s where, where <laughs> Emma and Kathy and Tara were all together. Yeah. Do you think, then, that we are unusual 
in that sense that maybe the, the you know when we because we got we will get excited about a dvd release of something from 30 40 years ago do you think we're not that with we're not the norm most people actually don't you know they wouldn't particularly be interested if suddenly you know someone released the 1985 the best of neighbors or something we're, we're, we're um yeah I, th I think we're quite a small group but then there's quite a lot of us in this there's still quite a lot of us in mm. this group so it, it to amongst our our friends and ourselves it doesn't feel weird but it does when you talk to people at work who kind of like chuckle when you mention you've got you've bought this thing that's from 40 years ago or, um, <coughs> and yet there are people with you know football um programs going back to oh yeah you know, 1950 yeah, so i mean that, yeah but that's always been a thing where it's okay to be a football fan that, there's nothing geeky don't you people don't call football fans or sports fans geeks but they're just they're probably the biggest geeks even more so than we are <laughs> they even have the outfit yeah <laughs> but they travel <laughs> but not they also travel all the way across the country just to follow their team where we'd have to do that for doctor who except for conventions no, <laughs> right, well there we are boys and girls Well mm. boys and girls <laughs> I was going to say oh, yes. before we go yeah. You said about collectibles I've, I've just remembered that I think we've got More or less the complete run of the Doctor Who comics From the 90s That was days with all the reprints of oh, the yeah. old strips yeah. So that's probably worth I think they're in the bed mostly aren't they? Yeah they're under the bed <laughs> <laughs> not, only, not in the bed <laughs> they're, they're, they're in a drawer under they're in the, the bed drawer, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, pe like people who storage. sleep on pound yes. notes, you just sleep on your Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's an image for you. <laughs> okay. Well, on that bombshell. Yeah. I think we're, we're we're leaving conversation uh, again, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank okay. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.